I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and what do you need my social security number for? <laughs> That's a deep cut. Um, and my name is Colin Drucker, and I am never giving birth again. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, oh, I, this is the jaws yeah. of home births, you know? <laughs> the, I mean, there's so much. I'm so excited for this. This is like an unexpected. It's it's weird to say that I loved this movie because of the subject matter. But like, I really loved this movie. And there, it's grief with a capital G. Oh, it's yeah. It's just it's just a meditation on grief. And you, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you've got to be down for that because it's over two hours, you know. Um, yes. A, a quarter of that is spent during a very stressful home birth. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it was the kind of movie that, like, I, I, I went, like, you know, we texted a little bit while it was happening because I just needed to, like, I needed to de- uh, yeah, you have to, like, reach out to someone. Yeah, de-identify. I need help yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Um or uh, yeah, disengage is really what I guess what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I um, and you had said yeah, it's like it's a roller coaster, and I found it was like a roller coaster even after the movie was over. And like, did I like this? Did this work? I made the mistake of looking at other reviews and people who were like saying, yeah, you know, it's real tense for the first you know 25 minutes, but then it all loses steam. And I was like, oh, do I think that? And then I slept on it, and then I watched some scenes yeah. again this morning, and I was like. This movie is it's it's called Pieces of a of a Woman and it's it's a sum of its parts. It's an it's an ironic title because I yeah. think this movie is very much a sum of its parts. And mm-hmm. when I break down the parts, the subject matter, the the women, the acting, the cinematography, mm-hmm. the number of single continuous shots, which I yes. love, you know, yes. um, you know, and just kind of like the 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 approach to a story that like I've seen before I've seen it on lifetime, you know, like this isn't necessarily like an original plot. And I think the only way that this movie could distinguish itself from one of those like lifetime movies was how it approached it. Was it how it, how it approached it technically, how it was performed. Like I think the, that's what I think some people harped on. I saw in reviews was like, Oh, it's really just all about these like cinematic tricks and, it's not, you know, you don't really connect so much as watch this movie kind of d- perform itself. But I, I ultimately, that's what I liked about it, because if it didn't do all those tricks, if it didn't have all those single takes, if it didn't have all those surprising notes or unresolved moments, it, it would have been a little bit forgettable. 
Yeah. Uh, is do you think by you saying this movie is the sum of its parts, is that like a coded way of saying? And and like the the category of performances too, that the performances outshine the movie a little bit because I know there's like a lot of, especially in the realm of like award season too, like a lot of times you get a really great performance from a not so great movie, but you so, mm, yeah I I, I yeah I, I'm, I'm thinking of that question as I ask it too. I I think I do. I think that's, and I guess it's like. If I wanted to revisit this movie, what would be the reasons, right? You know, like there's yeah. there's some movies, it's like there's some movies that are so perfectly made, like A League of Their Own. I go back to that movie again and again for a hundred reasons, you know, but like, and it could be any, any one of them. I want to experience, you know, the performances again. I want to experience the, you know, the, the score again. I want to experience the montages or just, yes. you know, whatever, just the emotions of it. You know, and then there's other movies that I watch where it's like, oh, I just, yeah, I just want to watch that performance again. You know, and I think that, yeah, I think Pieces of a Woman is something that I don't think I'll revisit the home birth sequence ever again. I think it's just too stressful, yeah. no matter how technically, you know, exquisite it is, you know, in terms of mm -hmm. a single take. Um, but I will absolutely always go back to that, that you know, dinner sequence at... Elizabeth's yes. house like again and yes. again that to me is honestly like you know uh I, I can't believe it took almost six minutes for the expression set piece to come up in a, disc a dis discussion of pieces of a woman but that is the set piece that I would revisit again and again because of Vanessa Kirby and Ellen Burstyn's performances yeah I agree it's like I even after like right now, because I watched this on what day is it today? Today's Tuesday. I watched it on today's oh, no, Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I watched it on well, technically it's Thursday, Waka Waka, but um, mm, when we released that's it, true, but yeah. it's um, time is a construct. I, yeah. <laughs> I know. I watched it on Monday night, and I w I'm ready to go back. But I'm I agree. I don't think I'm ever ready to go back to the birth scene, but I am ready to go back to the aftermath and just watching again. I just think this is this is a movie that you can kind of, whether it's like something that the director is giving us, like from a sort of thematic sort of, you know, technical standpoint, or just the performances themselves, there's more depth and stuff to sort of mine with each of these characters too, because I'm fascinated by, um, at most times, I, I dare I say quiet representations of grief like mm. everyone is suffering on their own which is like t typically how grief goes you know like everyone has their own journey with it but they're all sort of suffering separately and not and sometimes you know Shia LaBeouf is like trying to communicate I mean I'm getting into it too but I I'm kind of excited by the idea of going back and watching it again not that this is like a <laughs> let's watch pieces of a woman on this right. lovely Saturday but right. just from like a what else is going on in this movie? Because the first time you're just like, it's like you kind of are coming down from that birth scene the entire movie. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I get why someone would say it loses steam. But for me, it's, I texted you, Colin, and I said that Marriage Story wishes it was this movie. And mm. I don't know if you necessarily agree with that, but there are similar notes besides like the actual tragedy that happens in this movie the, you know, the disintegration of a marriage and what that looks like. And for some reason, I was just so. I was far more invested in this couple than I was with like Adam Driver just screaming at Scarlett Johansson in, in an apartment, you know, by a ficus. Yeah, you know, I, I right, just, like, right. 
it, it makes you yeah. wonder even like the the flip-flop of like i think you know i wonder what if we took that that infamous scene in marriage story that big fight scene where he punches the wall and all that stuff which i think is you know a real highlight of marriage story and i think adam driver and and scarlett johansson are great in that scene but yeah. to your point it'd be interesting to see Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf like do that exact same scene because I think some of it some of it was in their performances because I think like with Marriage Story I always felt like I could see the script as well like I could see that these were lines yes and I could see that these were moments that were being created to say something in bold and I think Uh the performances certainly inform that and I think whereas Pieces of a Woman if marriage story, everything's in bold pieces of a woman, everything is in like italics, you know, Yes. and including the performances. And I think, um, that subtlety was, you know, yes, it it had less energy, but it was more realistic and, and more nuanced and kind of more interesting to re-explore. Uh, and I think as a whole pieces of a woman that the disintegration of their marriage, it was, um, we were we were being shown way more than we were being told. Like we were being shown yeah. that he was, you know, hooking up with Suzanne and she was flirting with some guy at a club and that medicine ball scene. But we don't yes. get like a big like, you know, knockdown drag him out scene like we do in Marriage Story between the two of them. We don't get a big exposition filled fight, you know? Yeah, which I was I thought that I wanted it, but in a way I didn't need it. It's like the actual tragedy was that explosive. Like, I I don't think I could have. It's like, how much do we want to talk about that scene, Colin? Because it's like. It's, I mean. It's not like a spoiler, but there is, like, the way that it does happen. I don't know if I want to share it. You know what I mean? Like, because there is, there are a lot of. Go ahead. Answer that. I, I you were answering, and then I just talked over you. Go ahead. No, no, no. I I agree. I think that's actually a really good point. Is is if you haven't seen Pieces of a Woman, uh, trying to describe this first sequence, which you know, there's there's you know a couple opening moments. We see Shia LaBeouf's character at work. We see um, yes. Vanessa Kirby's mother, or you know uh, Martha's mother, buying them a minivan, and you know they're just kind of like setting up the pieces of their lives, but then. That evening, they're at home, and she starts to go into labor, and it is a continuous 20-minute take of this whole sequence of her going into labor, and their normal midwife is unavailable, and so they call this woman Eva, played by Molly Parker, who I adore. I think she's just... Yeah. I feel like I've, I thought I saw her in other... Th- she's been in a ton of stuff, and I thought I had sure. seen her in more things, but I think I've only seen her in a few things, but like she's an actress that every time I see I'm like, oh, she's so like, she makes such great little choices. Um, and then we go through this whole sequence of, of this home birth that then goes terribly wrong at the end. And um, yeah, it's one of those things that as you're watching it, it's, I think even though you know it's not going to end well, there's something about going through that sequence, not knowing every beat that I think is important. Yeah, it's like it's the it's like the when of it all yes. is mm-hmm. really something that I didn't expect. Like I think that's like outside like outside of the movie everyone knows what happens, but when you're in the movie you don't know how or when it happens. Mm-hmm. Like and I was actually quite surprised. I think it's like safe to talk about everything except like the actual 
maybe like last two or three minutes of the birth too but like there are so many sort of red herrings along the way if you mm-hmm. want to call them that of just like okay this is definitely when it happens and yes. I, I loved that they did that and I, th- I thought that was a really clever cruel also in a way as a viewer yeah. to um <laughs> to experience to like watch these first 25 ish minutes of the movie because i thought it would be you know 10 minutes max right right and we're done and then we move on to the rest of the movie but it it goes it's and yeah. you just don't know <laughs> but you do know and you don't know and they're like and when watching who's realizing it first you know like mm-hmm. of course it's eva but then like talking to shia labeouf and then like watching him trying to be calm for Martha, I love that her name is Martha, by yeah, the way, because yeah. it just gives me, like, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf vibes. Mm, I love I that. Like that, yeah. Um, but it's really, really compelling and suspenseful, and, oh, man, my I was, I couldn't sit still. I was watching it in bed, and I was, like, standing, I was sitting, I was doing handstands. I just had to, like, mm. walk around the room yeah. and just, like, I, my he- hands were on my head, and like my mouth and my eyes, I just couldn't. It was a lot. Yeah, I had. Um, I there were some cat toys of Marco's. You know, there's like the the something that's on a string attached to a, a like a uh, a stick. You know, and you kind of like t- you know, it's a it looks like a fishing line um, with some little toy at the end. And there were a few of them yeah, that sure. were all like tangled up. And so I spent the entire sequence trying to untangle those toys while watching it. <gasps> And like, oh my gosh, yeah! And like furiously untangling them, and probably just creating even bigger knots. But my hands just needed to be doing something. And yes, uh, and at some point, by towards the end of the scene, I don't know. I think I just like, I started to cry because I just needed to get this tension out. Like I was just like, I can't take this anymore. Uh, like this is just too much. I mean, without kind of revealing too much of what happens, I do just have to say that like one of my favorite moments in this movie and my one of my favorite acting choices is when the camera pans to Eva like shaking it off you know and having that like ooh moment and like thinking it's over yeah. and it's yes and yes. that moment is so interesting to have like that sequence alone with her and the camera work where we then see her kind of looking at them in the mirror and then the camera kind of pans back where we follow her then turning and looking at them realizing something's wrong it's yeah. it's a brilliant moment, and that's one of those examples where, you know, have we seen other scenes where something's gone wrong in a birthing situation in a movie? Yeah, absolutely. But the technical aspect of this, the way that it's delivered, so to speak, is really powerful. Um, but yeah. I don't really ever want to go through it again. Yeah, I don't need to. I, I've I've done. We've put in the time. Yeah, and I'm I'm ready to just celebrate the other specifically women, but performances of this, of this movie too, which I guess we can get into. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about these women. You think it is safe to say that Ellen Burstyn is a hard one to beat for BSA yeah. of pieces yeah, of a woman? No. Yes. You know, there are some great women in this, but like there is that monologue. There is that moment where I was like, Oh my God. I cannot yeah. believe this is happening right now. Like 88 year old Ellen Burstyn. 88. Isn't really? That crazy. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I, I'm 
first of all, before I even say this sentence, like I am so glad that they cast her in this role mm. too. Like it just makes sense and you buy it. But there is like probably a 50 year age gap between Vanessa Kirby, uh-huh. maybe even plus. I think Vanessa Kirby's like 32. So it's it's an interesting casting choice just like for the sake of like, did this mother have her daughter when she's like 50 something? Right. Um, I was thinking also, that too, I'm, yeah. I'm, I am fine with it at the same time mm-hmm. because I it, it adds complexity to the story, and um, I there's something about it's like do we want to save it or do we do we want to go into Ellen? Do we want to talk about like Sarah Snook and Up? <laughs> like, yeah, where, where do you want to go? Let's you know I think at the very least let's start with Vanessa Kirby since she is you know getting yes, a lot of yes, buzz yes. and and um, you know I I think she's. Um, I think she's got some stiff competition this year in terms of the awards, but uh, mm-hmm. I think she certainly, you know, is a worthy contender. Were oh, you yeah. familiar with Vanessa Kirby before this at all? Have you ever seen her in anything else? No, but I know she was in uh, The Crown. The Crown. The Crown. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, which is because uh, we started on season four of The Crown, Keon and mm-hmm. I, so we have not gone. I think she plays a young princess mark yeah i think she's young yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um so but other than that no i have not seen her i hadn't i didn't think i'd seen her anything but it turns out uh she was in the i think it's like the young vic uh or the national theater production of streetcar named desire with jillian anderson uh, that they did one of those filmed stage productions of and it was like ben foster as stanley Jillian Anderson as um, Blanche and then Vanessa Kirby as Stella. And it's like, I have to imagine it's somewhere available to watch. It's incredible. I mean, Jillian Anderson is fucking incredible in this. That, that was like an awakening for me. Like you were talking about Jillian Anderson in, in uh, the crown this season. Yes. And this was really my awakening of Jillian Anderson of like, Oh, you can do this. Oh, yeah. Jesus. You're like, you're acting, you know, like, you just like jumped ahead the line of like, uh, you know, greatest living actresses, you know? <laughs> like, it was one of those <laughs> yes. moments of like, I didn't know. And yes. Vanessa Kirby was great in that. And so that was fun to kind of realize, oh, oh, it's her. Um, but otherwise, you know, I didn't realize that till, I didn't look that up till after watching it. And so this was essentially, as far as I was concerned at the time, my introduction to her. And, I, I think she's just like fascinating to watch. I think um, let her go into the the roaring hall of fame with I'm facing yes. this. Oh, I'm facing oh, this. Yes. Oh, yes. That moment. Uh, oh, I just it's great. Yeah. She has a growl. Yes. She has like I, I think that the register of her voice and how low it is really adds to like everything mm-hmm. that she has to do in this movie. Oh, um, she is yeah. like an actress with a capital A. Like she is like the, the Kate Blanchett, like young Kate Blanchett sort of vibes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I hope that this continues to just propel her into like that level yeah. of roles. Cause she's, she's fascinating to watch and it's hard because she spends a lot of this movie in that sort of like, numbed out grief state which can be yes you have to you have to really like settle in for that because it's not very bombastic it's a lot of like messy hair and looking depressed you know 
Yeah, but even when it is messy hair, she's still, like, beautiful. I'm like, this looks like she's straight off the runway. Oh, God, yeah, right? I know. <laughs> for all, yeah, yeah, for what it's worth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like she just, she looks, like, drenched in grief. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like when someone has been crying for so long that there's not there are no tears left but you still have to go back out into the world and it's like that is that is her sort of um like baseline default default is the word yeah I'm looking for, mm-hmm. default yeah um and and just kind of watching her like i love because that those are the little things about losing whether it's a loved one and, and specifically like losing a child is like you have to go out into the world you have to walk by playgrounds you have to be on the subway you have to see kids and you are constantly reminded and then you are also you know bombarded by your mom's best friend at the grocery store who's just an idiot yeah i also love that like archetype that they were presenting to us oh right who is she i was like that's who i would play yes yes (laughs) yes, exactly your mother told me everything Uh, how are you that that hug uh um yeah i i really i mean again i think that vanessa kirby's got some like stiff competition award season wise but this is a a fantastic performance. And I think, you know, going back to that 20 minute home birth sequence, like the emotional weight that she has to carry in that scene, like the, the physical work that she has to do, like there is, you know, watching people in labor, well, I guess it's really mostly women uh, in labor and movies. Like there's always that sense of how accurate is this? How performative is this? And, and I really got the impression that this was, um, this was meant to be as as realistic as possible. Yeah, that that's something that you kind of are introduced to almost immediately. And maybe that's why I was just so, I guess, invested. I mean, you're invested no matter what because you're rooting for things to go well. It's like watching Titanic. Mm-hmm. It's like you know things are going to go bad and it's just a matter of time. But it's like Titanic doesn't start with the sinking ship. It The ship is sunk right. within right. the first half hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, I was thinking about Vanessa, Vanessa Kirby's performance too, and it kind of reminds me of like a like a Rosamund Pike and Gone Girl mm. sort of situation. I don't know if you've seen that yet, Colin. Have you seen it or not? I I think I'd started watching it. I read the book, yeah, and I and I yeah. think I like liked the book, didn't love it, so I was like, okay. And I think I watched it. I don't know. I was watching it with someone because I know we put it on and. Oh, there goes Marco's automatic feeder. I don't know if got, that got picked up again. <laughs> I really got to change the timing on that because it's always when we record. Um, Oops, there's my there's my reminder <laughs> on my computer. There's the Colin's feeder just went off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like an angry face after it on my reminder. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> uh, with Gone Girl, yeah. With Gone Girl. So, like, I think I I remember putting it on, falling asleep, and waking up, and it was over. So, um, yes. but I, Rosamund Pike, I think, is... We talked about her during Pride and Prejudice. In Pride and Prejudice, yeah. I, I, I see the similarities. I'd love to see them playing sisters in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just one of those quiet performances. Like, I'm so glad that Vanessa Kirby is being thrown into the ring of all this, like, this, like crazy year of best actresses like i'm just thrilled to see it and it's like will she win the bafta and then like mm. you know like is it i don't know i don't i don't know i it's i'm i'm really fascinated by francis mcdormand i watched like an extended trailer of nomad land over the weekend and i was like this movie looks incredible i'm <sighs> yeah and david strathairn i'm just like super excited that he's in that and plays like a sort of best supporting 
I love a good best actress, best supporting actor combo. Yeah. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but... Um, well, you know what's funny is um, Three Billboards uh, outside oh, yeah. of Missouri are... Yeah, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, who I... It's like one delicious. of the few where I'm... Oh, yeah. A, delicious. B, mm-hmm. earned that Oscar. Like, so good in that movie. But obviously yeah. also with Francis McDormand. But I am here for Best yeah. Supporting Strathairn as well. So bring it on. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Long overdue. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, so Vanessa Kirby, I mean, and of course then she's got that great, you know, there's the, the scene in the developing room looking at the picture and um, just kind of thinking of these, you know, these highlight moments. And then that. Oh, yeah. Even the courtroom scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know we needed a courtroom scene. And it just, this movie gave me everything I kind of wanted in ways to mm-hmm. like just like the journey of everyone's grief together and separately we got a you know a, a holiday dinner scene gone wrong we Ugh. got a courtroom scene with a great monologue and talking through tears like it just really checked the box for mm. all of like what i was looking for um and done so in such a great way it's like they weren't necessarily reinventing the wheel like it is sort of like a cliche of sorts to have, like, you know, the holiday dinner gone wrong in the court scene. But yeah, I, sure. I was glad to see it. Yeah, you know, I didn't feel like I was watching Meryl Streep and Kramer versus Kramer again. Yeah, it's such a difference. It yeah, still felt it's, different. It's... And, and I, I, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me in that final monologue from Martha is, like, oh, we haven't seen her smile since, like, before. Oh, my gosh. And that yes. smile was just like, oh, my God. I, I forgot. It, it's like the Wizard of Oz when she opens the door and everything's in Technicolor. It was like mm. you saw in such a fascinating way, you saw Martha start to like something came back to life in her at that moment. And it was. Yes. And I think that idea of something coming to life inside of her, you know, like carrying a life again and, you know, yeah. kind of finding her own. You know, I think that was what a great way to express that. By acknowledging what was the point of my daughter's brief life, it wasn't to cause more pain in someone else's life, you know. Oh, yeah. um, when she says that and line, Eva. yeah. Oh, oh, God. I mean, Eva. Uh, uh, two things. One, because I want to talk about Eva. Uh, when uh, when she says that line of like, how do I give this pain to someone else? Like just that. Like how do I? Like that's such a grief it's like poetry. Yes, and, yeah, and such a grief really expression is. of like when you're in deep grief. It's like I just want to give this to someone, or like the idea of giving someone your pain. You know. Um, mm. But she does that monologue, and then you know, credit to like just the the choice for Eva to have that like brief breakdown, uh, like. I was like, well, this is so. This this is an example of nuance. <laughs> this is yeah. where we didn't need that moment, but because we got that moment, I felt like, oh, we have come full circle in the Eva character. You know? Yes, you know she might. It's like I'm so. You know what was the verdict? You know, mm. like after that whole speech, because it, it everything changed after yeah. the monologue. It's interesting that we don't actually find out what you know. I love that. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, you know, if we're, if we're good to move to another lady in the movie, I, I kind of want to talk about Eliza Schlesinger, I'm probably saying that wrong, uh, as Anita, as her younger sister. Yes. I, like, what I found most fascinating about her is that her character appears in this movie the same way that Anna Devere Smith appears in Rachel Getting Married. 
she's Ooh, rarely she's go rarely on. the yeah. focus of the scene. She's often like it's almost as if she's an extra in the scene, except she's not. But every yes. once in a while, you get a moment with her. You get that moment of her in the kitchen looking out the window, or you get that moment of her in the minivan. You know, you know, giving Martha the earring and kind of having that like I love you. Like every once in a while, you get a single moment with Anita, but for the most part, she's just a part of the scene. And it's one of my favorite things about Rachel getting married. It's just the the function of like having a titan like Anna Devere Smith in a featured supporting role. And obviously, Anna Devere Smith and Eliza Schlesinger are two very different, you know, levels of 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 um, you know legendary legend. But uh, I sure. just I loved that that way of playing that character. I love that sort of ensemble treatment of her it made her more interesting when we got those moments alone with her yeah it's interesting that you're now comparing it's like it's not a direct comparison to like both of the movies but there is something you know rachel and martha Mm -hmm. although suffering from different sort of you know mental health issues and then like this tragedy too have and then everyone around her it's kind of like and yeah. I, I do I do like that a lot. One of my I, it, this isn't my favorite line, but like I almost use this as my intro is where um, Eliza just like what's her name in the movie? Her Anita. Name is Anita. Anita. She just like kind of pops in and says, "You need therapy," and mm-hmm. then just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So like, it's like Martha just like glares at her or might say something like sharp back to her, and then she just leaves. Yeah, she says, like, "Thank she you, Anita." Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was I mean that. That was kind of at the sort of the tail end of, I mean, we, everyone talks about this 20 minute take of the birthing sequence and absolutely it's incredible, but most of the family dinner scene is one continuous shot as well. Yes, yes, yes. And it kind of starts with, I don't remember the exact moment it starts, but I think it starts with Elizabeth kind of doing the, oh, I'm, I'm doing a lot of staging, you know, and doing the whole staging moment with the pillow on the chair. I love that though. I, I was love like, that. Keep going. Right. It was yes. so sweet. But from then on, there's no cuts. There's no cuts until, um, like that close up where she says, I'm facing things. I'm facing things. Um, yes. and it's fascinating. And I love the way that that moment with Anita plays out within it because it's, it's moments like that where I'm like, you know, Oh, the choreography of this scene, the choreography of that moment, the timing of that moment, you know, I always think with these long takes, actors in theater are like, oh, wow, you acted for two minutes straight without a single cut. That's yes, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, have you ever done King Lear? You know? But um, <laughs> but the thing with this is like, it's remembering that, it, yes, it is continuous acting, but it's also all of this choreography of the camera um, that like kind of makes it all, like everything has to happen on a very precise um clock versus on stage where there's I think a little bit more fluidity you know yeah oh absolutely and I think one of the like I don't know if you caught this you probably did too like the little little tiny nuances at the very beginning of the movie too is when they were buying the minivan and um Sean is Shia LaBeouf's character Mm -hmm. so Sean and Martha are talking and Martha says something about like she doesn't say this but she there's something I guess Martha says, like, did you see that Anita was jealous or something like that? And mm. Sean was like, what are you talking? Like, enough with that. Like, enough with that. Like, I- so there is a little bit of, like, sibling rivalry between the two, I think. Yeah. And and we meet Anita's husband, boyfriend later, who sucks. Oh, He's, like, the yeah. Worst. He, I know, so right? It's just, yeah. Uh, it's like, this it's is a couple that bickers all the time, you know? 
Yeah, but like I, I'm, I'm, I think of like Ellen Burstyn because obviously she's not a fan of Sean, mm-hmm. but is she a fan of Anita's husband too? Like, is he like the better option? Like, just because he might have like a solid job? Like, I don't know what he does, and I don't really care. Well, because he's, he's just there to like, yeah, go ahead. He works at the used car dealership. Oh, that's right, he does. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting point that like, you know, Martha and Anita come from money, but both of them are with you know, more working class men. Yes. Yes. It's very true. Um, yeah, the, yeah. That, that boyfriend or whatever he is, Chris. Yeah. He just like, I mean, that that's, it, it's also a classic moment in these movies where someone's having a conversation after the tragedy and they, they bring up something that like, I mean, I do this all the time anyway. I'm like, Oh, Oh, your mother died. Great. I'm going to talk about mom's dying for 20 minutes and I won't be able to stop myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so there's one of those moments that, uh, he's kind of responsible for, but it's like without us being told it, he's so like that typical schlubby brother-in-law or whatever he is, like even hitting the vape pen before they go in the house. I'm like, Oh, you're that guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's like dipping a chip and like, he gets like the dip on the table. And yeah. He's bringing it to his mouth. You know? Yeah, like exactly. Exactly. He's like, whoop. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a schlub. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just, I, I found, you know, I, Eliza Schlesinger, Schlesinger, or Eliza. Sure. I'm somewhat familiar with her. I know she's a comedian, um, so it was also yes. interesting casting to see her in this. But like, yeah. But as sisters, I I thought the casting was uh, was great. It made perfect sense. They they looked and felt like sisters. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of felt like it's funny that um, even though Merritt Weaver doesn't have the same sort of impact in Marriage Story, mm. but like sort of comedic actress being cast as the sister. Oh, that's um, interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. And wait, who played who played the mother in Marriage Story? Who played? Oh, it was uh, the woman from Airplane? Oh, Julie Haggerty. Um, yeah. Oh, what, that's so interesting. These these connections, right? Like, there's a sister yes. role. There's a mother role. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And 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 the notes that they play. It's kind of like again, like imagining Julie Haggerty as Elizabeth in Pieces of a Woman doing that monologue. I'd love to see oh, it. Oh God. <laughs> I'd love to yes. see it. You know. Um, and then I guess like um, Sarah Snook is almost like the Laura Dern. Yes. Way. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I. I am. Uh, it, it's like what is that that that. Uh, the meme of the guy with the red strings, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, just like all these connections. Out. Or uh, my other favorite one is the is I call it the Brazilian math meme, and it's like that. Yes, yes, the Brazilian math <laughs> meme. So good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Um, so I am her right now. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about Sarah Snook because I uh, I'm I'm not watching Succession yet, but I know that she is a shining. Uh, element of succession on hbo are you familiar with her at all Uh, i watched the pilot of succession and i i had my eye on her almost the entire time too it's like she has i think three brothers or two brothers so like i believe she is one of the few females in that Mm -hmm. sort of ensemble cast so i and i know people love her too so i was really excited to see her pop up she plays the lawyer, we'll say. Yes. She's um, and she's, she's the um, fam- Martha's cousin. Yeah, she's Martha's cousin and she's a lawyer um who Elizabeth has hired to to 
um, take on this case. Now, I don't, yes. I, my question was like, isn't this a conflict of interest? But I didn't really, right. you know. Yeah. Um, I did, you know, uh, there's a, there's an actress named Samantha Morton who I thought this was at first. Uh, oh. Their IMDb pictures look, look maybe similar, but I think like you could see the, the similarity. Um, but yeah, I, it, it, Sarah Snook, seeing her in this, I was like, okay. I need to take on the advice of everybody who said you really should watch Succession yeah. and like watch yes. Succession. So um, if if anything, if for her, I will finally watch it. But I also still need to watch The Queen's Gambit and The Americans. So yeah, there's there's so much. There's so much. Up. Yeah. And and there's, you know, then there's old episodes of shows I've seen a thousand times that I need to watch. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. get in line, you know? Um, yes. But I'm glad we saw some cigarette acting from Sarah Snook on the porch with yes. Shia or uh-huh. Sean, we'll call him. Yeah, I, I liked that scene. It's like that's probably the the like where the meat of the role kind of lies, you know, or where we see her the most. I'm just kind of watching her, sort of like micro moment face journeys. There, kind of deciding like, is this something I'm invested in? Because they both mm. are kind of hitting it off a little bit, and there's like, but is it? And she she ultimately decides to just like say no politely and just walk away and i'm like good girl (laughs) yeah when he says oh you know if only we had met earlier it's a shame we didn't meet earlier and she has that moment of consideration and then she says Mm -hmm. something like yeah Mm." like basically isn't going to go down that path of like yeah but you know like you can see him trying to kindle something but it's also she despite some other decisions that she makes this movie like she is smart enough to recognize no like he is no different than the stray dog that has shown up across, you know, on, you know, on the yeah, sidewalk right now. How complicated is that? Like I would, oof. And that's, yeah. I felt like, I mean, there is a lot of that like symbolism. And I felt like in that moment, he was being the stray dog at her back door, so to speak, uh, pawing for scraps, oh, yeah, you know? I like that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I didn't even, that's nice. That's a good catch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd say, yeah, I think this movie, it's interesting how there's, there's a lot of like hyper-realistic moments and there's this like really like, heavy symbolism like very clearly this is not an american made movie from just like the leaning in on the symbolism it's just it doesn't feel like an american aesthetic and i appreciate that um i also i liked how you know they uh, it's set in boston but it's like filmed in like montreal and parts of norway so uh it just like I, i kept thinking shouldn't we just accept that this is set in Canada? Shouldn't we just say Canada? Because this is very Canadian looking. Yeah, exactly. And also like there are no, although I love a Boston accent, I'm kind of glad that we didn't have it. You know yeah. I mean? Not that like, uh, I guess like, I'm just thinking of like, you know, they're kind of like upper class, middle upper class people anyway, I guess. But I like, I could have gone with like Shia LaBeouf having it, like dropping his R's every once in a while. Right, you know? right. Like I haven't seen Manchester by the Sea, but I imagine that's kind of what we would be getting is like, yeah. I think th- they would all be, they live in the same universe, I feel like, is Shia LaBeouf and like Casey Affleck's character. Yeah. And I guess that's like, unfortunately, a really good segue, the tie between the two of them. Mm. Because I, I know that we don't like Shia LaBeouf anymore. Something happened, but I don't know what happened. Um, the Because yeah. he was... And we can... You know, it's the conversation we've had so many times on this podcast already, too, is like separating the performance from the actual 
you know, what's currently going on with them too. But like all things aside, like I thought he was great in this movie and it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, a lot of stuff has come into the light recently, but I, there's something really terrifying about him, but also something really sweet and nurturing and like, uh, in many ways, like more emotional than Martha, or at least outwardly emotional, um, like after the fact too, that we get to see. What, what were your thoughts about Shia? Yeah, I mean, there is that separating the art from the artist. I think, you know, in in terms of if we're just looking at performances, if we're just looking at like the artistry of like an actor in a movie, yeah, I think he, ha- he is, uh, if anything, especially that opening sequence of him at work, I thought, you know, he's you know, I'm forgetting that he's Shia LaBeouf. I'm forgetting, you know, he's in the Transformers movies or whatever. Like, I'm forgetting all of that. Disney Channel. Yes. Like, forgetting all of that. I was like, wow, this feels like such a, you know, someone who's, he's doing like what Leonardo DiCaprio does, just like diving, you know, teeth first into a role. But I mean, you know, there are so many talented actors out there. Uh, We don't just have to, you know, uh, employ the abusers so <laughs> like yeah. we'll find another one you know but exactly it's yeah I, I mean I think that whole I mean kind of with that knowledge there is that awful sex scene um that happens oh man that I think w- was e- even more uncomfortable kind of knowing what you know knowing the story about yeah. him as a, as a person oh, God, I know I know but that was like really that was hard to watch I really I was like ooh, this is uh this I I'm not you know if you need a trigger warning pieces of a woman is just one big two-hour trigger no matter what you've got yeah yeah I, I it's just to kind of paint a little bit of the picture without going too much I guess into it it's just basically that he's <clears throat> you know, he misses her in, in more than an emotional way, and he's looking for some sort of physical uh, interaction with her and basically just, like, forces himself upon her. Yeah. And, like, she, but, like, really, to kind of get through that, I was kind of just watching her. I was like, just mm-hmm. keep your eye on Vanessa. Just mm-hmm. keep your eye on Vanessa to see her reaction because it was just, like, it's, it's like you said, really hard to watch. And it went on longer than I thought it would. Like, I didn't think they'd even get to the bedroom. I thought mm. she would have, like, punched him or something, like, pushed him off and said, like, no. Right. But uh, it, was, it was hard. It, it was, was really yeah. difficult. Yeah. And, you know, I guess this, this seemed realistic to that character that, like, yeah, Sean wouldn't manscape because we do get for whatever it's worth. You know, the, yeah. the full, frontal, full frontal, full frontal, you know, we see the whole LaBeouf and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, a, a trimmer wouldn't go astray. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, it does the beard match the pubes. And yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I couldn't tell the difference from one fine. to the other. Yeah. Yeah. I also, it's like, sh- <laughs> oh, Colin, I laughed so hard when you sent me that gif um, cause the only thing you really texted me when you watched it was like after the beginning scene and then the exercise ball oh. scene. <laughs> and for those of you like, well, I guess like, let's talk about what that scene is and I'll have you introduce it and then I'll, I'll tell everyone what you sent me. <laughs> I forgot what it was. Yeah. So oh, yeah. It's so good. So there's, so there's, you know, kind of a, a dual moment where we see that, you know, they they're straying from each other. He's you know he's hooking up with someone behind her back. She starts flirting with some guy at a club. Uh, sort of the next morning, they're they're you know having a a 
brimming confrontation. It's like they're not yelling yet, but at any moment, you know, it's like a jack in the box, which one of them is going to explode. And uh, and he does. And he's like playing with this medicine ball that they had gotten, you know, back during like, you know, from Lamaze class and all that. Yeah. Um, And he like just at one point just like throws it right at her face. And it's like, oh, God. Oh, you just threw a medicine ball at her. Um, and that's while she I, was smoking a cigarette. While she too. was smoking a cigarette, it, and because we see the sparks of the cigarette, and it's yes, uh, it it felt like I don't know if you've ever seen What's Love Got to Do with It, but um, no, I haven't. Oh, that's a great movie. It's all about Tina Turner with uh, Angela Bassett. Oh yeah. Oh, Angela Bassett, Angela Bassett yes. is is uh, unbelievable in that. But there are some moments in that movie that are equally as jarring. Yeah, it's such a. Um, <clears throat> it's almost comical the way that and first i will say too when and shia labeouf in that scene plays a great drunk mm. like i said he has that sort of like dark brooding energy where it's like you're afraid of what he would do and you're almost afraid like every once in a while when they do fight that he would lash out or hit her or mm-hmm. something so the the choice of like still choosing to like you know kind of it's be violent with her i'll say and like but like by do it by throwing like an exercise it's like it's so perfect in a way because it's it's not he shouldn't be doing that but like it's i don't know it's like the when it happened i almost like i like i gasped first of all and then i just like kind of almost like chuckled a bit even though it's not funny in any way it's just like i guess it's just the size of the ball yeah it's a surprising note yeah because it is like in another movie with like a a different scenario someone getting hit and hit in the face with an exercise ball would be a slapstick comedy moment if this was yeah you know will ferrell yeah lazy susan (laughs) thank you that this was you know lazy susan you know i would love that moment and then after that happened, you sent me a text, <laughs> and you just said, he just hit her with with a medicine ball, period. And then you sent, I mean, one of, I, I would say our favorite gifts of all time, really, is an <laughs> untucked in season four, Dita Ritz and Latrice Royale. I think it's when Latrice's family, like, what? No, no, no. It was someone else's family popped up on the screen yeah i think it was dita's i think maybe dita's Dita's mom yeah Yeah. but it's it's the close it's not about dita it is about latrice in the corner yeah they're in the gold lounge dita is it's the episode where dita goes home because they're they're in those looks dita's got you know she's sitting there she's got this big surprised look on her face clearly like there's a message from home on the screen (laughs) and then you know yeah behind her in the background is latrice and the shot just like zooms into Latrice just like sitting there slack jawed like it's so uh, it's incredible <laughs> yeah it's so good that was so thank you for that yes uh all that being said I feel like for an episode dedicated truly or really recognizing truly Ellen Burstyn in Pieces of a Woman I think it is time to talk about Ellen it's Burstyn time. in Pieces of a Woman yes. so uh talk to me what like there, there's that experience of seeing a, a BSA performance. You know what I mean? There's that like, oh, yeah. it's checking boxes. I'm hearing whistle tones. I think there's birds singing. Like, that's my experience. <laughs> what what was your take on Ellen Burstyn in this? Yeah. Ellen bird singing. <laughs> I was like trying to, I was trying to think of it. It was terrible. Even as I said it, I was like opening my window to jump out. Um, um so yeah, I oh gosh, it's like this category 
this year is not as exciting as we would like want it to be. It's so funny. The first two years of us doing this podcast were mm. Laura Dern and then eventually what will happen this year too. And I know um, there's some other people being tossed around for this, but I, I really think, I mean, it, only because this is fresh in my mind that she's, she's a, a front runner, dare I say, for best supporting actress. Like, how great would that be? Yeah. But also, I don't know what can happen. Like, I know Amanda Seyfried is getting a lot of. Um, I listened to an interview with her on um, it's Little Gold Men. I think it's the Vanity Fair podcast, and um, with uh, Amanda Seyfried for just kind of promoting Mank, and she's she's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I I really kind of turned a corner with her. It's like not that like. Because, like, the character she's playing in that, like, doesn't ever get taken seriously because of the roles that she was cast in previously. And this it's, it's like, life-imitating art sort of thing. So, like, the story is there, you know? And it's mm-hmm. the young up-and-comer versus, you know, the veteran actress, actress Ellen Burstyn. But beyond that, it's like, yeah, this is everything that I wanted out of her, too. It's like there's something about the way that she talks. It almost reminds me a little bit of Catherine Hepburn a little Mm -hmm. bit, like the shakiness in her voice. Yeah. And the fact that we see these little glimpses of, like, um, Alzheimer's or even, like, some sort of um, dementia-based, you know, situation going on later Mm -hmm. in the movie, too. And, like, she plays – it's that fits her just, like, perfectly. And I went into this movie thinking that she was going to be the supportive – amazing mother that gets her through it and i was pleasantly surprised slash disappointed but like okay with it all at the same time that she kind of was a little she was a you know a vessel for conflict for yeah. most of it um which the movie needs and i was glad to see that too but i oh man she's she's just great She's just great. What do you think, Colin? Ellen Burstyn in this movie. I mean, Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn, who, yeah, I in no way thought, oh, is she going to be weak in this? She's either going to be great or amazing. You know, those are the choices. Yes. Early in the movie, I mean, we we often talk about, like, when the BSA is introduced. And it's pretty, like, unceremonious. She's, you know, in the... Yeah. You know, in, like, the second scene, buying them the used car. Like, she's not a a feature and then you know once the the tragedy happens you know she's yeah you you kind of expect her to really just be yeah the support the supportive mother role and um then there's this added layer of her of her cognitive decline and and you know the whole holiday dinner sequence i think is really you know featuring you know for the at first you know the first real feature of that and there's a lot of that like okay you know i go into these performances like oh what is she getting the buzz for like are there moments like what does she do is it just ellen burston in a supporting role and then we get that monologue and i i kept thinking i mean that was a scene that i just i watched just like my hands on my cheeks the longer it went on because i was like i can't believe I'm getting to watch this. Like, I can't believe I'm getting to see this and you're not cutting away. Like, I just kept thinking, this is everything I wanted. Yes, Colin, yes. In those moments in network when when we don't see Beatrice Strait's face, but she's monologuing, you know? But like, this is everything that I want. Like, this is, like, I, I just couldn't believe you know, like that when she gets to the line of like, and I lifted my head. In most movies, that's when the camera cuts back to Martha. But then it didn't. And we just stayed with her. And I was <laughs> yes. just like, this is an ending. This is this incredible. Is, this, is, this, is, this, yeah. is, this is incredible. <laughs> and, and there is so, like, 
to me, like that that moment, it does remind me in some ways of Beatrice Strait and Network and that we get in a very condensed moment, we get just a ferocious display of acting that is so much more about the quality than the quantity, you know? Yes. What a gift that was. Yeah, I I forgot that they don't cut away. Mm-hmm. It's what we've always been <laughs> it's what we've been campaigning for. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's so many I mean, I could watch that scene over and over and like the oh yeah the the frowns and the details yeah here we come. absolutely yeah. because there's you know the way that she'll even these like tiny micro expressions when she talks about her mother taking her to the doctor she has this kind of like you know and then she you know my mother took me to like there's this there's this kind of way that she like it's these little turns in emotions that are informed by you know what where her eyes are looking or like these small changes in tone and like or like these certain like words or notes or like memories, like when she says like her mother stealing enough food to make milk, but not enough to make me strong enough to cry. And like her having to go there and say that and process that again, it's that we get to see Elizabeth, every single emotion that she's struggling with or expressing while saying this, it never cuts away. It is just a, a tight shot on her face. It's incredible. It's really the moment. Mm-hmm. It is the moment she wanted. And if we're really doing some, you know, Academy Award math here, if Vanessa Kirby doesn't win Best Actress, there are some instances, you know, I think of um, Viola Davis not winning for The Help mm-hmm. and it going to Octavia Spencer. Well-deserved. Yeah. I love Octavia. I mean, would I rather see Melissa McCarthy win for Bridesmaids and have that historic moment? Maybe. Sure. <laughs> but absolutely. Also, yeah. I, I know that Octavia is is incredible and like really well liked and and just an amazing person and actress too and that was also like that movie itself was a moment the help mm-hmm. so I would love for that to happen to Ellen Burstyn do you think it's possible Colin I I don't know if you know like and I can't really remember like who else is thrown in the ring for that maybe it's too early to talk about that but um I feel like I want to see the father and I want to see Olivia Coleman oh God that's right you know like that's the one I really want to oh. see. Because right now, and I know there's another, I can't remember the name, but there's a movie about a, a Chinese family that immigrates to the U.S. And, and I think... Minari. Yes. yes Minari. Yeah. I have my eye on that too. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I know there's a, a strong BSA contender in that as well. But okay. I kept thinking about, you know, there are, a, a, you know, comparisons if we're going to, you know, look at Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy and Ellen Burstyn and Pieces of a Woman these are these two, you know, older women who have these haunted pasts that we get glimpses into who, um, you know, are just bearing a lot of a, a lot of pain and a lot of strength and a lot of conflict and and are both just like going for it, you know. And I think I will say this. I think I mean, again, having not seen the other performances, if I was given the choice between Ellen Burstyn and Glenn Close at this point, and I were to say mm-hmm. which one feels like the BSA of the year between these two, it's going to go to Ellen Burstyn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's like, you know... It's okay, though. That's it's fine. Okay. I, don't, I don't want Glenn to finally win her Oscar this year at home on her ranch with her dog on her floral couch. I don't... I just... For that movie. I don't... I just don't. I want it to be... 
I want I I need Glenn to get the moment at the Oscars that we all need her to have. I need the standing ovation. Yeah. I need the music to stop. You know when she goes on too long, so that she because she she won't. She's Glenn. She yeah. I need her she to have it. all of that time. Absolutely. I just and for a for like a leading role. I don't know. That's just that's the world I want to live in. So yeah, uh, I am all for Ellen Burstyn you know, who's won an Oscar before, uh, who is yeah. a celebrated actress. I'm all for her to win it. Or Olivia Coleman, because they're like, yeah, I mean, I had my moment. I'm good, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, well put. I, I, I agree. I was thinking of Amy Adams, you know, last night as I was getting ready for bed. As, <laughs> as you, you do, do. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just thinking, like, God damn it, is Amy Adams going to win for something, like, stupid? You know what I mean? Mm. Is she going to have, like... Shakespeare in Love or a Marriage Story ending, you know, not mm. ending, uh, but like, I just think of that down the road. Like, I, I just want, I want everyone to win for something that, you know, that we've, <laughs> that at least you and I agree with. Right, um, right. And at the end of the day, like, if they have an Oscar, we're happy. But I, I do want that sort of narrative. Like you said, Glenn has to be leading. I would love Amy to win for supporting. I don't picture her... Although I love her in leading roles, I will say, like, I just, I just feel like it would be fitting for us. <laughs> yes. I'm like, so if the Academy can make that happen, um, right. I appreciate it. That would, that would work for my reality and my narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really think that, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Ellen Burstyn, you know, was considered a front runner for Best Supporting Actress. I think that yeah. that moment is, I mean, it's really just like, the caliber of acting in that moment. I mean, in that, in that shot, it was like, and you have Ellen Burstyn who just, uh, like the performance that she gave in that single take, that was probably like a minute, you know, is Mm -hmm. more acting than some people could, you know, will show you in an entire movie, you know? Um, yeah. If we look back to like, you know, during our Oscar days where we were just doing that and like the people that won for these performances and then you compare it to this, it's like, right. Right, like is Laura Dern's office monologue that ends with, and that's just the way it is. Is that really comparable to this? I know. I know. And it's just, it was her year. It was her year. We'll always say it. We love Laura. We just wanted something different for her, you know? Sure. Yeah, Um, yeah. It's one of my greatest conflicts is, is... the extent to which I appreciate Laura Dern and the extent to (laughs) which I didn't want her to win that Oscar. Yeah. I know. I I also just want to mention real quick too, just like there is a little bit of humor to um, Elizabeth as, as Ellen Burstyn, Ellen Burstyn as Elizabeth, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when she says, what do you need my social security number for? It's like that last little second of signing paperwork for Mm -hmm. the van or Mm -hmm. whatever that made me laugh. It just made me laugh. It Um, makes me laugh. (laughs) And then when Shia, AKA Sean calls her, he's like, there she is, Liz. And she's like, don't call me that. Oh yes. Yeah. When they get to the house. Yeah. Or or when Chris is going to make the salad, she's like, well, make it, don't eat it. You know, like I, yeah, she, yeah. She's like, you know, mm -hmm. this woman is, yeah. She's very charming as well. She has her moments where she's very charming. You know, they keep like, they have that whole conversation about how, you know, she bought this van, even though she knew I could just to show, just to kind of prove you know, something and, you know, they, and I think that's so typical to read into all these decisions that the mother-in-law makes or things she says. And it's like, all of this is a plot against me, you know? And, um, and I think, you know, that's maybe 20% true, you know? 
Yes. And even, I mean, another thing too, um, I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but like the, the marriage does disintegrate and I won't go into full detail as well, but there is that, that scene with Ellen Burstyn and Shia LaBeouf in that mm. room, just kind of like facing off. I love how the chairs are positioned. I yeah. love that he's just like sipping on a drink and like she basically tells him like hit the road jack yeah um, and doesn't mean it's words. also a really yeah. kind of great scene too yeah like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just it's a fully rounded fully rounded well-rounded is maybe what i'm looking for like supporting actress performance and i'm just so glad to see it yeah the last few moments we see with her like that last scene uh with anita and martha is really lovely and like is such a great a great note for that family i mean um I think there's there's a whole other narrative about the three of them. You know, there's that scene when Anita stops by, you know, and drops off the earring and and whatnot, and and yeah. she says, you know, there's something about the conflict between Martha and Elizabeth, and Anita says, I hate that you guys do this through me, you know, and so yeah. we do kind of see that there's some kind of evolution happening by the end, and I thought that was really, um, it showed us a lot about all three of them in a way. Yeah, it's like Anita has um, that the daughter who stays behind energy. Oh my God! Time. Yes, the yeah. sister who stays behind. Absolutely, it's, yes. it's interesting to keep seeing that in these movies. The the that that character, that character of the the you know, geographically loyal sister. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, wow. Well, pieces of a woman. Uh, yes yeah it's uh folks i mean it's on netflix it's readily available i mean i think you know that is the benefit of times like these is that movies are you know some of them are not available like nomad land and the father but a lot of them i know the are. two that i really want to yeah, see yeah the ones i want yeah. to see aren't but so many of them are just you know i mean netflix is like we're gonna have a new you know huge movie every week in 2021 so uh it's i great yeah i guess on the upside our access to these performances you know like if we weren't in the not that i'm like oh it was worth it you know for this but like i wonder how accessible pieces of a woman would have would have been otherwise you know yeah very true if streaming wasn't so important these days yeah i'm glad that it's available it's it's a recommend a high recommend for me i i'm excited for other people to see this too and chime in yeah yeah i think it's worth seeing i think you know that first that that home birth sequence is stressful but it's um you know uh it's stressful it's supposed to be yeah you know? there's it's, no other word yeah for it. it is i'm gonna sugarcoat it yeah um yeah well uh i think then that just brings us to our our final segment of the episode every week we do our bsa of the week in which we queen out on a performance or an actor or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives this week uh so what do you got this week you know what? I thought I had a runner-up, and I didn't write it down, and now it escaped me. But that's okay. Maybe while I'm talking, it'll come to me. But I'm going to keep it really simple this week. Um, my BSA of the week is my standing desk. <laughs> oh, well, uh, <laughs> Which is yeah. probably the most mundane, you know, seemingly simple answer to your question. But... Um, I don't, I don't know if I've ever went into full... De- I won't go into full detail with, like, my lower back issues, but um, Keon got it for me for Christmas. It was sort of, like, the big gift that he got me. And it's it's always nice to be excited about something in your workspace, I guess, you know? Like, even if it's just, like, a new 
coaster or something because mm-hmm. I you know we're all working from home not all of us um but like when you are working from home I would say like you just need something to get excited about and I really have just been sort of literally up and down about it because I sometimes would stand and then I'd get tired and then I would just sit but it's nice to have the option and it's really really helping my back which is just like you know an ongoing saga hmm. um but this morning I've been standing the whole time recording this podcast so I'm uh and I'm <laughs> normally that's not possible. And I think that's kind of uh, a result of just kind of using it this week and last week and kind of building up that stamina. This is like such a boring conversation, but um, that is where I am. So a glimpse behind the scenes. Desks. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> yeah is exactly. how the, this is how the sausage is made, folks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to ask the dullest question anyone's ever asked, do you have some kind of, like, mat underneath you to stand on, like a cushion, a support of oh, some sort? Oh, you know what? I never... What Keon does, too... This is just... Uh, oh, this yeah. It's funny that we're talking... No. I know. Um, but you know what? I'm almost 35, so we got to talk about this. Yeah. Um, um, I don't have anything underneath. Keon wears his shoes all day because he has, like, inserts, and I have inserts as well that just kind of keep us balanced and, you know... <laughs> standing the way that we should be and but i can't like stomach wearing shoes all day like in the house it just feels yeah. weird to me so yeah. right now i'm just like in socks and sometimes i'll have like slippers on and i feel like there is like the other side of the coin the coin where you should you know just have your body naturally like stand on the floor and just kind of balance itself out but um it's not a bad idea like one of those mats that you get for like washing dishes yeah, I mean, something, I don't know. I've seen when, when people get standing desks at the office, like, I feel like that was always a part of it. It was like, oh, I got to get the mat to stand on to, like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know, lumber support. Really do? Yeah, sure, I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, but that's know. that's um, my excitement this week. Yeah. Um, and it's it's small, but it's uh, it's what's bringing me joy. Yeah. How about you, Colin? Uh, well, I think mine this week, you know, I'm, as I've mentioned, I'm about to embark on a lot of new content and I will probably have a lot of fresh BSAs. But I, <clears throat> I guess I would say this week, if I, if I had to think of a real BSA, I'm going to have to pull from, you know, the All Right Mary universe. Uh, we are yeah. currently recapping season 13 of Drag Race. I don't know if you're watching this season. I'm uh, not yet, but I think I might. I think I will, yeah. I, I came into the season with a lot of fatigue. I was just like, I think I'm kind of over this. And, you know, which is tough if you have a podcast that is best known for recapping it. But I really, yeah. my uh, my spirits were renewed this season. They've They've been changing up the format. Uh, there's a lot of really great queens, and in particular, the reason to watch is, especially if you've been watching Drag Race for a while, the reason to watch is a drag queen named Simone. She is, Simone. mark my words, this queen, if she doesn't win, she will at very least go to top three or top four, whatever they do. She is, I have rarely, maybe not since like season three with Raja, have I known so, has it been so obvious so early on who's going to win the season? Oh, wow. I love that. She's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. She's, she's just uh, so worth watching and you will, you will know from the first episode. So I, um, I strongly recommend the season. It's a lot. I'm really enjoying it. And um, there's a couple other great Queens as well, but I am just, blown away i mean i've i've seen every season of drag race the international franchises have recapped the shit out of them mm-hmm. you know i've done my research uh not that i know anything about anything but like based on that simone is like 
it's like season nine. I, I felt very strongly about Sasha Valor from the very beginning. I was like, oh my God, this is my queen. And sure, it's yes. the same, very different type of queen, but the same feeling this season. I'm like, oh, it's Simone. It's gotta be. So. Oh, that's really exciting. Yeah. So that's, you know, I think that's going to be my BSA of the week is uh, Simone. Excellent. I'm excited to watch. I, is it available anywhere? Do I have to buy it on iTunes? Like, how does that go? Your I, best I don't option. Have WoW Plus or whatever. But... Yeah, and the main seasons aren't even on WoW Presents Plus anyway, only for, like, international folks. So oh. I would say just your best option is just to buy it because otherwise if you try to watch it on VH1, you're going to, like, have tons of commercial breaks. It's just not going to be sure. – it's a pain in the ass. It's worth the, like, 25 bucks for the whole season. Yeah. You know, the key is on, on Amazon – you know, they give you the HD option. You got to go to other purchase options and get the SD option. You don't need it in HD. Nice. Especially if you're watching yeah. it on your like laptop. It doesn't make a lick of difference. <laughs> yeah. So. The same stuff. Yeah, it's the same stuff. Um, so uh, best supporting SD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that's that's actually our cue to get played off. I found out that joke was so bad, we're now being played off. So, um, <laughs> so that being said, uh, where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can find me on The Good Vanilla, which is my new Barefoot Contessa podcast, I will say. I hate saying recap, but it is sort of a recap podcast. It's a discussion of... Mm-hmm. Just episodes of the Barefoot Contessa. I'm having a blast. Um, I'm excited for next week's episode. <laughs> and I will very soon start to have guests on the show. I'm kind of mapping that out a little bit in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about you, Colin? Well, of course, you can find more of me on the aforementioned All Right Mary, talking about the aforementioned season 13 of Drag Race. Uh, you can also find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, where I just put out my annual Nuances episode, which is, Yay. you know, a fake award show, but also a good highlight reel of some of my mm-hmm. some moments from the past year. So, um, a good introduction to the podcast. Uh, and of course, you can find more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod on Twitter. And you can also send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Feel free to leave us a five-star review or rating and review. We got a couple more last week, and it was really exciting. We know you're out there. Yeah. Um, it's always great to hear from you on Twitter as well. Um, it's it's nice. Our best supporting listeners. Yeah, BSLs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> BSL. Yeah. Sorry, BSL. 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 I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a great note to end on. Yeah. Um, Good uh, luck, Ellen Burstyn. Good luck, Ellen Burstyn. Uh, And that, as they say, is that. (laughs) 